Well, there was this man, and uh, he received a birthday card from his children on his 70th birthday. And when he looked at the birthday card, it said on the front of it, inside is a message from God. The man then opened up the card, and inside were the words, see you soon. (laughs) Now, you might think that's not very nice. (laughs) But you know what the reality is? Our lives are much shorter than we think. In fact, I'm reminded of the Hebrew prophet Isaiah, and he cried out in Isaiah in chapter 40, shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. So it is with people. You know, our lives really are incredibly short. What are you doing with your life? Ask you again, what are you doing with the brief span that you have on planet Earth? Are you wasting it on yourself, your little kingdom that will come to nothing? Or are you wasting it on the glorious God of the universe and his eternal kingdom that shall never end? Well, we are in the book of Ephesians, studying the book of Ephesians. We're in the relationship section. And if you've missed any of these messages on the relationships, please get those previous messages. You can either get them uh, on podcast or just go to the Bethlehem Community Church website. But we're going to continue looking at relationships that have entitled the message this morning, A Responsibility That We All Have. Father, I just thank you for just the awesome worship, the spirit that is here. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to manifest yourself now as we be turned towards your word. I ask, as always, that you would fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head. I ask that you would give us soft hearts to hear what you have to say this morning. Your words, if we reach out and receive them in faith, can bring life to our souls into our relationship. So I'm just thanking you for what you're going to be doing now, and I just praise you in Jesus Christ. The reality is we have a lot to say about how our children will turn out. Billy Graham, Skip, can you put that picture up? Billy Graham, of course, is the well-known evangelist, and Billy Graham once said this, children will invariably talk, eat, walk, think, respond, and act like their parents. Give them a godly goal to work toward. Give them a godly target to shoot at. Give them a godly pattern of living that they can see clearly, and you give them something that gold and silver cannot buy, end of quote. So when your children look at you, when they see your lives, what do they see? Remember, your children do not do what you say. Your children do what you do. And the reality is parenting is really a very difficult thing. It is not easy. In fact, there was this one young preacher. He was single and he had a part-time pastor. Quite often, a lot of young men will have part-time pastors while they are in the seminary. And, you know, they'll preach on the weekends. And so this young buck, he uh, was preaching a a message one Sunday morning. It was entitled, 10 Facts on How to Raise Perfect Children. Now, I would have loved to have heard that message. 
Maybe you would too. A few, few years later, though, this was great. He got married, and he had his first child. And he pulled out that old message, and he decided it was time to preach it again. But he decided to retitle it, Ten Suggestions on How to Raise Healthy Children. After the second child was born, that was a couple of years later, he decided, you know, it would be a good time to preach the message again. This time he titled it, Ten Possibilities for Parenting Children. Then a third child came along, and this time he revised the entire message, and he entitled it, Ten Prayers for Parents. Years later, his children became teenagers. He burned the old message. He wrote a brand new one and simply titled it, Help Me, Jesus. Now, if you are a parent, you can probably identify with that, right? And God knows, God knows that parenting is not easy. So he gives children, this is interesting, he's actually speaking to children this morning, and he gives them this responsibility, or he gives them this instruction. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Now, before we tear this verse apart a little bit, a parent must understand or needs to understand that your children or child was designed by God to obey. Your children, your child was designed by God to obey. And some of you are going, really? I haven't really seen that. You know, it's interesting. Cal Thomas, Skip, can you put that picture up? Cal Thomas is kind of a well-known syndicated columnist. And several years ago, he wrote an article entitled, What Kids Want?, In that article, he described the findings of two California teachers who toured 50 cities in the United States to discover, now listen to this, what adolescents really wanted. The findings are actually quite remarkable. I quote, teenagers are not estranged from their parents. They actually want their parents to spend more time with them. They want their parents to listen and surprise, set guidelines, and make them adhere to those rules and guidelines, end of quote. Pretty amazing, is it not? Children, listen to me now. Teenagers, young people need guidelines. They absolutely need guidelines. And one of the reasons, by the way, they need rules and guidelines is because they actually do have a sinful, selfish, dark, rebellious nature. You know, there was this one young little boy, and he was jumping up and down on the kitchen table, and and he was having a lot of fun. And then his father came walking in, and he saw him jumping up and down on the kitchen table, and he told him to stop. And the little fella just kept jumping up and down on the kitchen table. And the father raised his voice and he said, I told you to stop, get down from the table and sit in the chair. And the little boy did stop. He climbed off the table. He sat on one of the kitchen chairs and then he folded his arms like this. And he said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. Kids need guidelines. And parents, listen to me, you give your child a wonderful gift when you discipline them. Parents, you give your child a wonderful gift when you discipline them. That great theologian Irma Bombeck, Skip put up her picture, 
Some years ago, Irma Bombeck wrote an article entitled, I Had the Meanest Parents in All the World. It went something like this. I had the meanest parents in all the world. When I was seven years old, they dared to spank me just because I told them I would not do what they asked me to do to help around the house. My friend next door never got spanked. He didn't have to help at home at all. He had nice parents. I had the meanest parents. I had to eat all my broccoli and carrots before they would ever let me have dessert. My friend next door never had to eat vegetables. He had fast food brought in with burgers and shakes and brownies and all kinds of ice cream. I would have liked to live there myself. I had the meanest parents. They made me go to church every Sunday as long as I lived under their roof. Sit there in that boring worship service. My friend next door, though, he could do whatever he pleased. He never went to church. Sunday was a fun day for him. I had the meanest parents. They made me work for my allowance. I had to get a job helping an elderly old man with chores around the house. My friend next door never had to do anything, and he was given four times as much allowance as I could ever earn. He had nice parents. I had the meanest parents. When I turned 16, they made me earn points before I could drive the family car. My friend next door, he was given a brand new luxury automobile. My folks, on the other hand, they bought me an old jalopy so that I could get back and forth to school. But you'd think I'd drive that hunk of junk and park it beside those Jeep Wagoneers, BMWs, Buicks, and Mercedes? My friend had it made, or so I once thought. But when we reached age 30, I had a change. In perspective, I learned my parents were not so mean after all. I was now experiencing the pleasure of work, the reward of recreation, the strength of a healthy body, the the bonds of a strong marriage, the inward confidence that comes from faith, and that wonderful supportive fellowship that comes from a church as a community of believers. As for my friend, things were not going so well. He was not finding his niche in the workplace. Nothing seemed to satisfy him. He was having difficulty getting along with people who were not willing to do everything just as he thought it ought to be done. His marriage had not even lasted two years. His body was getting out of shape, and perhaps worst of all, he had no real hope that comes from the assurance of faith. I want you to know, parents, you give your child a wonderful, wonderful gift when you teach them obedience and discipline, and most important of all, how to have a dynamic faith in Jesus Christ. You know, if you looked at Ephesians 6, 1 closely, Skip, can you put it up again? It says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right Notice that Paul is not addressing the parents here. He did not say, hey, parents, get your act together. Make your children obey you. Paul speaks directly to children. Paul, though, is not just talking to young children, by the way, here. The Greek word he employs is technia. Technia refers to anyone, anyone under their parents' roof. Then they are technia. So, whether you are 8 years old, or 14 years old, or 18 years old, or 23 years old, if you live under your parents' roof, then you are technia. 
So if you eat your parents' food, if you use their bathroom, if you sleep in their house, if you use the cell phone that they are paying for, if you use their car, then you are technia. And you are to obey your parents. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, why should I have to obey my parents? Glad you asked. (laughs) And the short answer is this. Because God, because Jesus Christ commands it, and he says, now listen to this, it is the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. You see, when children are obedient, your home will begin to run smoothly. There'll be order in the home. There'll be peace in the home. And guess what? Everybody wins under that scenario. Wouldn't it be great, parents, if when you asked your child to clean up their bedroom, you wouldn't have to endure an Academy Award performance? No, have you ever? I mean, I remember I, I had three girls. I'd go, hey, you got to clean up your room. Oh, oh, I'm so tired right now. I just can't hardly move. Or, oh, oh, I got a pain in my side. I, I got a, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe next, I mean, I mean, maybe tomorrow I'll be able to clean up my room. Some of you parents know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Now, listen to this one. You know, the truth is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It says this in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 17. Skip, can you put that up? Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye... That mocks a father and despises a mother's instructions. Now watch this. I love this one to use on my kids. Will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. Skip, can you put up the picture? Now that is motive. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call motivation. See, you need to know how to motivate your children. Now you know why my kids were wonderful. They had nightmares. (laughs) God hates rebellion. God hates, hates rebellion. You know why? Because rebellion leads to anarchy, and anarchy leads to destruction and disintegration, whether it's a family or nation, which is what you're watching here. In America. All right, we got to move on. Paul then says this to children. He says this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 2 and 3. Skip, can you put that up? Honor, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. Now, the fact of the matter is, we all have had or have parents who are living. And Paul tells us this morning through the Holy Spirit that we are to honor our parents. The Greek word employed here literally means heavy weight. So what Paul is saying when he says that you're to honor your parents is what he's saying is that you are to treat that relationship as as a heavy thing, as an important thing, as a valuable thing. You are to respect your parents. And you notice that this particular command comes with a promise. This particular command comes with a promise. It's the only commandment, by the way, that actually has a promise, and it's a twofold promise. Number one, when you honor your parents, when you give them weight, when you give that 
relationship the respect that it deserves. Number one, it says, things will go well in your life. Literally, that comes from the Hebrew, by the way, because that's where the commandment's first found. And you know what it means? What it means that things will go well in your life is it means that the God of the universe will go before you and smooth out your path, smooth out your way. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like to have the God of the universe going before you, smoothing out your path before you enter it? He says that's going to happen if I honor my parents, if I value my parents, if I honor that relationship. He also says that there's a second promise for those who honor their parents and give weight to that relationship that it deserves. He said, you will enjoy a long life on earth. Now, we live under the new covenant, so I think a better understanding, really, of that promise is this. God is telling me, Frank Ray, if you honor your parents, if you give them weight, if you respect them as you should, then I will give you a full life and a productive life. Those are two awesome promises. Now let me just share with you a very practical reason, a very practical reason of, as to why you ought to honor your parents. This comes from the Grimm's fairy tales, the Grimm's fairy tales. There was this very old man, we're going to call him Grandpa. Grandpa lived with his son, his daughter-in-law, and their four-year-old son. Now, Grandpa was very old, and he was losing his eyesight, and he was also losing his motor, motor coordination. And when he ate his, his silverware, when he ate his food, his silverware would kind of rattle against the plates, and oftentimes when he lifted the food to his mouth, he missed his mouth, and the food would spill all over the table. This really upset the young wife, and she implored her husband to do something about it. So they decided to move Grandpa in a corner away from the rest of the family. And so at mealtime, there was Grandpa. He was sitting in the corner with his bowl, eating alone, and he was looking sadly. I mean, he was looking longingly at his family, wishing that he could just be at the table there eating with them. And then one day as Grandpa was in the corner with his bowl, eating alone, He loses control of the bowl and it breaks. The son and his wife, they become extremely angry and they go to him. You know, if you are going to eat like a pig, then we're going to feed you like a pig. And they built him a wooden trough to eat out of. And it wasn't long after that that the father came upon the son. The son, the four-year-old son, he was playing with some Wooden, wooden sticks, logs. The father asked him, what are you doing, son, with those sticks, with those logs? And the son looked up at him, and he smiled, and he said, why? I'm building you and mama a trough to feed out of when I get big. And you know what? The next day, grandpa was sitting with them at the table, eating, and no one ever scolded him or mistreated him again. Galatians 6, 7 says this, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. And let me tell you, when dealing with parents, you will reap what you sow. The way you treat your parents, the way you treat your parents will be the way your children will treat you.
Do not be mocked. Do not be deceived. How you treat your parents will be how your children will treat you. All right. You know, as we come to a close, I want to spend a little time on application, on the challenge. I want to give us some practical ways that we can actually honor our parents. You might want to write these down. All right? This is the challenge. Here are some very, very practical ways that we can actually honor our parents. Number one. Choose to be intentional. Choose to be intentional. Make a decision right now that I'm going to begin to treat my parents and that relationship with great, great respect that it deserves. Do you know, I I think there's probably, especially if your parents are older, there's probably no greater way that you can honor them than by spending time with them. Did you know that? And I don't mean doing it out of force. They can tell if you're just doing it out of force. Your parents will love you. I remember this. I couldn't give my parents hardly anything, but your parents will love you if you actually take the time out to call them, to write them, to see them, to take your vacations and spend it with them. That, that speaks volumes to your parents. That is one great way, by the way, that you can actually respect your parents. That's a great gift. Number two, taking the initiative to improve the relationship, especially if it is broken or fractured for some reason. Now, so, some people say to me, well, why should I be the first one? My parents mistreated me. Well, I'm sure you mistreated your parents, too. I certainly did. And I would assume most of us in here would say that we're born again, right? That we have transformed thinking. So it behooves us then as the redeemed ones, the ones with the transformed thinking, to make that first step to begin to improve that relationship with our parents. And by the way, it's a great way to honor them by taking that first step to improve that relationship. All right, number three. Thirdly, be obedient. Be obedient to your parents. If you're still under your parents' roof, be obedient to them. If you're not under your parents' roof, then you don't have to be obedient to them. In fact, the relationship changes. It becomes one of a friendship. But you know one of the great ways you can honor your parents in that friendship It's by actually asking them for their advice. You know, your parents have actually lived a long time. I remember, you know, uh, uh, when I was really, my kids were really young, they they, they thought, you know, I was really smart. They thought I was Superman. And then as they got to the teenage years, I was slowly losing brain cells. And, And probably by the time they were 16 or 17, I was totally stupid. But it's amazing. Then they got into college and I started to get smarter again. And now I'm almost brilliant again. I mean, it's amazing. They're married. And I'm a genius. And let me tell you, one of the things that my kids have recognized about Susan and I is we made a lot of mistakes. No, we did. And by the way, we apologized when we made those mistakes. 
And they now see that we've lived a long life. We've gone through the school of hard knocks. And we actually have a lot of wisdom to offer. And so do your parents. So do your parents. So that's another way that you can honor your parents. Number four, recognize and thank your parents for the right things they did in your life. Recognize and thank your parents for the right things that they did in, their, in your life. Let them know that they did do right things. They did. Every parent did right things that benefit you and that benefited me. So let them know what those right things are. Thank them for that. Number five, help your parents. Help your parents. That's a great way to honor them. It's a great way to give weight and value to that relationship. You know, especially as your parents get older, they need help. They, they may need financial help. They may very well need that. Also, as they get older, they just need some practical help, things around the house and whatnot. And it's a great way to honor your parents by helping your parents. Remember, your parents sacrificed for you. Your parents sacrificed for you, and now it's our turn to sacrifice for our parents. It's another great way that we can honor and place great weight on that relationship. All right, number six. Thank you, your parents, for the legacy that they are leaving you. Thank your parents for the legacy that they are leaving you. Maybe it's a legacy of money. It might be a legacy of possessions. It could be a legacy of love. It might be a legacy of hard work. Maybe it's a legacy of discipline. I hope they left you the greatest legacy, though, the greatest legacy any parent can leave their child is a legacy of an awesome relationship with Jesus Christ and how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the greatest legacy, by the way, that you can leave your child. All right, number seven. See your parents through the eyes of Jesus. See your parents through the eyes of Jesus. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, uh, being almost 58, I've watched one, my father, die my mother's very old. Now, I'm just going to try to be uh, um, gentle about this. As your parents get older, they can get difficult. <laughs> they can, trust me. And you know, it's easy to lose patience with them. It's easy not to be gentle with them. That is to disrespect your parents, by the way. That is to disrespect them. And so I'll tell you, if you're really going to honor your parents as they get older, you got to pray. I, I, I'll tell you, remember I said, living the Christian life is not difficult. It is, it's a supernatural life. And so if you're really going to be able to respect and be gentle and be patient with your parents, you're going to need the fullness of the Holy Spirit, especially as they get older. And they deserve it. They deserve that respect, all right? And finally, number eight. This, this could be the most important. Number eight is this. Do not, do not hold grudges against your parents. Forgive them. Do not let them go to their grave holding them hostage to their mistakes. Do not let them go to their grave holding them hostage to their mistakes. 
thinking that they failed you and were a failure as a parent. If I could implore you or beg you, do not do that. Forgive them. Release them. Release them from any wrongdoing whatsoever. That may be the greatest gift, by the way, that you could give your parents is letting them know that in spite of their failures, and we all fail, that you love them and you forgive them and you value them as your parents. If you honor your parents, God will honor you. God will honor you. He will go in front of you. He will smooth out your path and he will give you a full life and a productive life. Lord, I pray as we allow the word now to just seep in, as we just allow your word to seep in, that maybe some of us, maybe all of us, have some work we need to do with our parents. There's nothing we can do if they're gone, except ask for forgiveness. And the blood of Jesus covers that. And we don't have to live under condemnation. So I pray that no one will live under condemnation. But come to you right now, if they didn't honor and respect their parents the way they should, because you love it when we repent. You love it when we repent, because then we find incredible forgiveness in the blood of Jesus Christ. For those of us whose parents are still alive, I pray that we'll take this really seriously because you do. You want us to respect those who are older than we are. You want us to respect authority. And I pray that we'll really meditate on this word and think about how we can honor our parents and value that relationship more. And I ask for this in your precious name. Amen.